I miss sports. I do. I mean, I, I know NASCAR's on. I'm just not a big NASCAR guy. Golf, golf's okay. I know there's some golf going on. Uh, but baseball starts a little later this week. Basketball and football and hockey are supposed to be starting up pretty soon, too. I just miss watching sports. One thing I don't miss, though, and it doesn't have to come back for me, is all of the post-game analysis, right, where, where they can sit there and talk about every play, and they show you the same replay like 10 times in a row and talk about it and talk about it. It's like, come on, we already saw it. We watched it live. If any of you are from Wisconsin or, or um, you know, been in Wisconsin, you know how big the Packers are. I don't know if they do this with the Cardinals here. I don't know that much yet. But, but Monday night, they'll take a two-hour TV show and break down everything. It's almost as long as the game itself, right? Every little detail they got to talk about. Maybe, maybe you say, well, you're just not that big of a sports fan. But, but man, they just proverbially, proverbially beat that horse to death, right? Just over and over and over. And maybe, maybe that's what you're thinking about the sermon today. <laughs> How can you say anything more about that gospel lesson, Pastor? I mean, it's so clear. I mean, we just listen to it. I mean, Jesus leaves no room for even, you know, misinterpreting the parable. He even tells us what it's all about, right? What all of those different terrains mean. How can you say any more about it? Well, I'm going to give it a shot, all right? Because I think there's a lot for us to learn here. And I know this is a very well-known parable. It's one, probably one of Jesus' more well-known ones, right? Because we, we get it, we understand it, it's so clear. But I think there's a whole lot for us to learn. Right? Just, if you have it open, I'm going to kind of walk through it, right? Uh, just those different terrains and what Jesus uh, teaches us about these things, right? And we see these in our world today, don't we? We see those hearts, we see those people that are like the rock hard path, right? The word of God just kind of bounces off. Maybe you think of your atheist neighbor who you've tried to talk to and there's just seemingly no getting through. Or maybe that co-worker who says, yeah, I grew up in the church, but I don't have a need for any of that kind of stuff anymore. I've grown out of that. I've matured. I don't need that fairy tale stuff. Or maybe it's even a spouse or a grown child who doesn't think they need that Jesus stuff in their life anymore. That's that word of God hitting that rock hard path that they just don't want to hear it. They don't think they need it. And you may even try to talk to them and you might try to, uh, you know, share your faith with them and you, say, you might even tell them I'm praying for you, but it just bounces right off, right? That hard rock path. The seed has no chance to even take root, it seems. And that's the work of the evil one, isn't it? That's what Jesus says in the parable, in his explanation. It's the work of the evil one that, to come and, and make it so that word can't penetrate. You might also know some of those that are like that shallow soil, right? Where the seed has been sown and they're all on fire right away, maybe like a new Christian. Who, who comes to faith in Jesus and they're all on fire and all excited about their newfound faith. And, but then trouble with persecution comes. Because they didn't fully realize or didn't quite get that when you become a Christian, life doesn't get easier. In fact, in many, many ways, life gets harder. Because it's a call to take up your cross and follow Jesus. And that cross comes with 
splinters. It can hurt. Difficulties and trouble that come into our lives because we bear the name of Christ. And how easily that young faith that has no root system is scorched by the sun and can die out. Or maybe you think of uh, some of those preachers who, I don't know how they get on TV with their messages, but, but uh, they come out and preach about how, you know, if you just give your life to Christ, everything in your life is going to start going really great, right? Your money problems are going to be taken care of, you're, you're going to be healed of your illnesses, and your life is going to be just great and grand, and then people find out that that's not true. <laughs> right? There's no root system. Their faith is not strong. It's putting their faith in things that are just not even in the Bible. And that sun of trouble and persecution and suffering comes into life and it can easily scorch that faith. Maybe you know people like that. Or maybe you know some who are more like that seed that fall into the thorns. Right? And those thorns begin to choke out the life of those, those plants that grow. Again, I've I only been here a year, almost exactly a year now. Um, and I don't know a lot about the weeds that are here, but I, I know in, in Wisconsin we had some weeds that actually would twist itself around other plants and, and eventually choke the life out of it. And that's what Jesus says the worries of this life can do too, to your faith. Or the deceitfulness of wealth, he says too. And maybe you know people like that. People who had faith, but, but all of the troubles of this life, the worries or the, the chasing after wealth, the deceitfulness of the wealth of this life is endangering that faith. Or maybe even has choked it out completely. That instead of looking to God, they look to money to fix their problems and find that isn't the solution. Or they become so overcome by the, the troubles and the worries of this life that instead of looking to God in faith, they cry out to God in unbelief. Why would you let this happen to me? Maybe you know people like this. Right? Those who are like the hard path, those who are like that shallow soil that has no root, or, or those who are in amongst the thorns and are easily choked out. But then Jesus has a fourth type of terrain that he mentions, right? There's the good soil, right? That, that sower is out there and he's sowing generously. He's just throwing. He's not really caring about where it is, where it's landing. And some of that seed actually falls onto good soil that's full of nutrients, that is warmth and moisture, everything it needs for those plants to grow big and strong and to produce an abundant harvest, Jesus says, right? A hundred or sixty or thirty times what was originally sown, that much more is there. Well, that good soil, that's got to be us, right? <laughs> I mean, we're, we're here in church, we're listening to God's word, right? I mean, it's the people online who are worshiping with us virtually, right? It, maybe you're thinking, well, I open up my Bible and I, you know, go through and do devotions every day. That's got to be talking about us, Right? The good soil where God does his work. I don't know about you, but for myself, I wish my heart was like good soil all the time. It's yours. You know, when I analyze my life and my relationship with God and my faith, 
I gotta be honest, often I identify a lot with that hard path. Where I hear the word of God and it kind of just bounces right off. Because there's still that sinful nature that longs to hide back in the unbelief. Right? Maybe, maybe uh, you think about the absolution that we just had just a few minutes ago, right? And the proclamation was made, you are forgiven, right? You are loved. You are God's own. And maybe you think, you know, Pastor, that's really great for a lot of people in this room, but if you knew what I did, if you know my sins, if you know the things that I've done in my past, the things that I've said to people to hurt them, the, the evil thoughts that have gone through my mind, you would never say those words of forgiveness to me. Friends, that's a hard path heart that the gospel just bounces right off of. <laughs> to can't believe that that gospel is really for me, that I'm forgiven. Or maybe it's the, the law. That law of God's word that bounces right off of your heart. That you think, well, you know, I know I'm not perfect. I know I've got some improvements to make in my life. I know I need to be a better person, but, but I, I'm a lot better than a lot of other people, aren't I? I know your word says uh, do not commit adultery, but, but come on, God, a little look, a little glance... A little click of the mouse on my computer and go to that website. That, that can't be the same thing as adultery, can it? Or I, I know your word says, do not murder God, but, and I know you say that, that hate is akin to murder, but, but man, I hate that person because they deserve it. Friends, that's the law. Bouncing off a hard path heart. That law not being able to convict us of our sins when we think we're really not that bad. We're okay. I don't know about you, but too often I identify with that hard path. And I can identify with that shallow soil too. And maybe you can too. Right? Where, where you have faith, but you know that your root system is just not as strong as it should be. That you come and you give your hour. You put your hour in every week. Right? And maybe you even have your routine of going through your devotions every day. But, but that's all it's become is just a routine. It's just something you can check off of your to-do list at the end of the day. It's just become something rote. Without any meaning anymore. And if that's the case, your root system is not growing deeper. And when those troubles come... When suffering, when sickness, when difficulties come, that can easily scorch your faith. When we begin to, like so many others, instead of call out to God for help, we yell out at him in anger. Why would you let this happen to me? Instead of relying on God's love and his promises, we fall into despair. Because our root, our root system is shallow. Our faith is not strong. It's, it's just kind of surface. Just kind of going through the motions. Just trying to get by. But, but that trouble will come. That suffering will come. That sun will beat down upon you and threaten your faith. I identify with that shallow soil all too well in my life. 
Oh, and then there's the thorns, right? And it's not just the world out there that can easily be caught up in those thorns of worry and the deceitfulness of wealth. It's not only those things that threaten to choke out their faith, but mine too. Right? When I worry and look to myself to fix my problems rather than to put them in God's hands. When I think that somehow the things of this world are going to make me happier and more content and more love than God himself. How easily those thorns and those weeds are there to try to choke out that faith and take our eyes off of those promises God gives us in his word. You know, if we're honest with ourselves and you ask yourself that question, is my heart like that good soil? (laughs) I wish it was a lot more so. Very often I identify with those other three terrains much more readily. But yet, yet even though our hearts are hard, and we're not the only ones. Jesus, Jesus had to say to his disciples at one point, he said, why are your hearts so hard? Why, do you still not understand? Why do you still not believe, right? We're, we're not alone there. Every Christian struggles with it that hardness of heart that longs to come back in. In those times when that thorns are are ready to choke out your faith and want to take it away with worry and the deceitfulness of wealth, when when those shallow root system doesn't help you when trouble and persecution come, Jesus says, I long to make your heart like good soil. And that's what he longs to do. He wants your heart to be good soil, to receive his word, and to let that word take root in your heart, to grow your faith, to strengthen your faith, so that you can produce an abundant harvest. And Jesus says, I will not give up on you. This gospel lesson that we have before us today. This, this has been a busy day for Jesus already. Already this day he's been teaching and healing. Uh, he's had to deal with the religious leaders, the Pharisees, who are trying to find a way to trap him and, and uh, you know, find something to accuse him of, to, uh, to get rid of him. He's even had his own mother and brothers come and try to take him. Right? His brothers think, think he's crazy at this point. Right? He's had to deal with all this already today. But here he is getting in a boat in a lake to teach to a whole crowd of people on the shore because he's not willing to give up on them and on us. He's not willing to give up our hearts to that hardness, to those thorns, to that shallow soil. And that's why he was willing to give up everything. That this Jesus was willing to leave heaven, to leave his glory, to leave his place of honor, to set aside his power and his might, and to come, and to live in this world of thorns, to live in this hard path of a life, to live in this place that seeks to choke out everything good. And he himself 
to obey that word perfectly. To believe that word of God perfectly. To never once be choked out. To never once not believe the word of his father. But to perfectly, to perfectly, for you, always hear that word and do the will of the one who sent him. This Jesus who loved us so much was willing to give up everything so that he could have us was even willing to be choked out by death itself. That he himself was willing to give up his own life so that at that cross, at that instrument of death, we see the promise of life. Of real life and of an abundant life, right? From that cross, that tree of the cross, comes an abundant harvest of forgiveness and peace and joy and hope. There, there we see just how much Jesus was willing to give so that we could be his. And then on that Easter Sunday, to, to show us that death has been defeated, to rise victoriously, to be the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep, to promise us life after death, and to give real meaning to life right now. A life that desires to hear more, to know more, to receive the blessings that only Jesus can give. And what's there left for us to do? I mean, really, it's all done. Jesus has accomplished it all for us, lived for us, died for us, rose for us. That the Holy Spirit has given us that faith through the working of the, of the, the means of grace. What else is there left for us to do? I mean, God has been so committed to his word to rescue us, to forgive us, to make us his for forever. God is so committed to that word. What else can we do? But say, Lord, fill my heart with miracle Girl. <laughs> this is not a commercial for miracle Girl, okay? There's no royalties here. I'm not getting nothing from the company. I use miracle Girl because it's just known, right, as, as one of those soils, one of those products that is proven by many gardeners to produce healthy, strong flowers, plants, whatever, right? miracle Girl has those nutrient-rich, uh, those nutrients in that soil that, that a plants need to grow, right? It has nitrogen, lots of nitrogen, which, which um, is, is a part of you know, chlorophyll that helps it uh, grow strong, makes it really green and vibrant, right? Uh, it has phosphorus that helps uh, that plant to grow strong roots and to help it with seed bearing. It's got a lot of potassium, which helps plants to grow strong roots. Again, I'm not getting any royalties. I'm not selling the product. But, but the fact is, it's exactly the things that a plant needs to grow strong. Those nutrients to help it put down deep roots, grow strong, and bear fruit. What a plant's supposed to do. So Lord, fill my heart with miracle grow. Right? Make my heart a fertile place where your word can take root. So I can hear your word 
and I can believe it, and I can hold on to it, I can put down deep roots, and I can bear fruit. An abundant harvest, like Jesus says, a hundred or sixty or thirty times what was sown. And what is that abundant harvest? Right? What is it that God desires to see come out of the, the heart, of an unbel- uh, heart of a believer? Right? How about the fruit of peace? Need a little peace? Peace that you are okay with God? Peace in your relationships? Or how about an abundant harvest of forgiveness? To forgive as you have been forgiven by God. Or, or to produce an abundant harvest of compassion. Compassion for those who have been run down and who are hurting and who have been neglected. That you see them and you can't help but want to share the compassion you have first been shown by your God. Right? To fill my heart with miracle grow, Lord, to produce in me an abundant harvest of joy. That, that no matter what my circumstances in life, I know I'm okay. I know where I'm headed. I know that my God loves me. And nothing can take that away. Right? To give me an abundant harvest of hope. That there is more than just this life. That I don't have to put my hope in the wealth of this world or the things of this life or even in the people of this life because my hope is Christ. My hope is in that eternal life that waits for me, that cannot be taken away from me. Lord, fill my heart with miracle grow to produce in me an abundant harvest. An abundant harvest of kindness, gentleness, patience, self-control, and just all those fruits of the Spirit that God longs to see in our lives. And that he produces in our lives. Friends, you want those things in your life? I do. God works those things through his word. God works in our hearts. God continues to generously sow that good seed into that good soil of our hearts. Right? As you continue to come and connect yourself to the means of grace. As you continue to hear that word of God. As you hear that law that convicts you of your sin. That reminds you just what a terrible sinner you really are and what a wonderful Savior you have that would be willing to take your place and be your substitute and rescue you from those sins. To hear that message of the gospel that yes, you are forgiven, you are loved, heaven is yours. Lord, fill my heart with miracle grow and let that law and gospel work on my heart to strengthen me in my faith. As you... Read God's word at home. As you do your devotions with your family, right? Continue to pray, Lord, make my heart that good soil. Fill me with that miracle girl. Let that word take root and grow strong. Let it be evident in my life. Right? As you come and receive Holy Communion, you again connected to those means of grace and you are assured that you are loved and you are forgiven, that you are God's own. Lord, continue to fill me with faith. Continue to send your words. Scatter that seed generously so that I can grow in it and go and live it and go and share it. You heard it in our first lesson, right? That from Isaiah 55. God's word does not return to him empty. It always 
accomplishes the purposes for which he sent it. And friends, God's purpose in sending his word into your life was to claim you as his own. To bring you to faith. As you heard that word for the first time or that water was splashed on your head in your baptism, God sowed that seed in that soil of your heart. And that took root. And God sends his word to continue to strengthen you in that faith. So connect yourselves to that means of grace because God's word will not return to him empty. It will always achieve its purposes. And God desires that that word then produces that abundant harvest in your life for the world to see. To bring these blessings to yourself, but to bless others through as well. That you get to go with this word of God in your hearts and share it and live it. Keep on praying, dear friends. Lord, fill my heart with that miracle grow. Right? For all the times that that hard path wants to creep up and that evil one wants to come and steal that seed away, Lord, chase, chase him away. And for all those times that that soil seems so shallow and that sun seems so hot and is going to scorch, scorch away my faith, Lord, Strengthen my faith. Keep me strong in your promises. And those times when the, the, the thorns and the weeds of this world want to choke out that faith with worry and, and the deceitfulness of wealth, Lord, come and remind me that you are my wealth. You are my all. And there's nothing for me to worry about because you have already for me a place in heaven with you. Lord, continue until I get there. Until I'm with you, fill my heart with that miracle grow. Strengthen me in my faith. Help me grow in that faith until I reach the goal of my faith. I get to be with you forever. And until then, God will do it. Amen. Please stand.